Hello, everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 13 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. On this podcast, we will showcase alumni from each one of these schools to share their success stories and insights with you. Today, we're welcoming Permiel Doyle, an alumna from TASAS, the American school in Switzerland. Permiel, I'm so happy to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me today, Carla. May I ask you to introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. So my name is Permiel Doyle, most recently Permiel Robinson, and I am a co-founder and president of the influencer marketing agency, Billion Dollar Boy. I attended and then graduated from TASIS in 2005. I'm originally from New York, and I currently live between New York and New Orleans, Louisiana. That sounds exciting. Permiel, whose idea was it for you to go to boarding school in Switzerland? So my older brother had actually attended TASIS, and he was at a boarding school in Massachusetts at the time, or before and was not happy. And we were at a Christmas party with my family and we met a woman who said, you should look at Tassis, that it changed um, her life. It was the best, it was the best experience she's had. And so um, my father flew over to look at the school, fell in love with it, signed my brother up and he went there. So I spent, I had a few years visiting him with my parents there um, and it was also the happiest time of his life. So I decided to go for just a, I was thinking it was just a junior year abroad from my current um, boarding school, which was also in Massachusetts. But I liked it so much, I ended up staying through senior year and graduating from there. Looking back at the time you spent there, what are some of the most valuable life lessons you learned? So it really was, I mean, the founder was so amazing. She was this woman, Mary Chris Fleming, and she set it up to be, you know, her vision was a global village. And it truly was. I mean, I had friends from Saudi Arabia, Germany, uh, you know, the US too. And it it was really eye-opening to, to have that um, what was truly a global experience in, in Switzerland and that everyone, you know, I think Swiss boarding schools can get a bad reputation that it's, it's very spoiled and the children are all sort of one type, but I think it really put everyone on the same playing field. You know, we had a dress code that everyone had to follow. Everyone lived in dorms. Um, and so it was pretty incredible to be, you know, really be able to form true relationships with people from all over the world, all different backgrounds, in a very natural way, in a non-forced way. What's your favorite memory from Tassas? Could you share a funny story with us? Uh, sure. So I think, you know, just waking up there and looking at like Lugano and the mountains was so incredible every morning. I also just the day-to-day -day meals, I thought we, we were given, it was very different from American boarding school where you're given 15 minutes for lunch. And, you know, at Tassas, we were given an hour. There were tables outside. We often ate outside in the sun. And, um, and it was like such a more pleasurable experience to have prosciutto and arugula sit and actually enjoy and talk <laughs> to people. 
But, um, you know, obviously the travel stood out as big experiences. So we, um, we had a ski week in, uh, Cram, Montana because, you know, Lugano is a microclimate, so there's no skiing nearby, but then every quarter there was a trip called an impro trip and it was aligned with a class you were taking. So whether it was a history, English, you know, art class, theater, and you would go somewhere and it was, you know, three to five days and focus on some subject of that class. And so I went to, you know, Venice and uh, Florence and Paris. Um, but there was one theater trip, which was very funny to Stratford upon Avon. Um, and it was actually an IB theater workshop that we, you know, TASSES was a part of with a lot of other boarding schools. And the year before, apparently we were very badly behaved, not my year, <laughs> and uh, almost kicked out. And we convinced Kay Hamlin, our theater director, convinced him to let us back in. But I think they had a bias against us because they kept referring to us as asses instead of tasses. <laughs> and uh, which hopefully I'm allowed to say on this podcast. But I, and so and they were they definitely thought we were sort of like the rogue school attending this. Um, and we stayed at this little B&B in Stratford owned by an old English couple who, you know, they also thought we were too naughty. But um, it was amazing. We did these theater workshops during the day and then saw plays at night and, um, you know, ended in London. Um, so we had a lot of I had a lot of very fun experiences like that. That's awesome. I think the trips are everyone's favorite. They're just so incredible, aren't they? Yes. I mean, just to be located, you know, there it was a 45 minute train ride to Milan. Uh, my my senior year, my parents ended up spending time, quite a bit of time in Italy. So I'd see them on weekends and just your, the, the idea that you were so travel was so accessible, was so unique there. Absolutely. I was going to say, I think that was my favorite part of, of being in Switzerland is how easy it was to explore Europe and go to other places in, you know, one hour you're in Italy in two hours you're in France. It's just so easy to get around and explore. Um, yeah, exactly. On a train, on a plane, you know, it's, it's a, it was really wonderful. Exactly. Permiel, right after graduating college, you began working for Estee Lauder. I heard you say on a different podcast that your father wanted you to work there because it was a company that respected women. Was that true? And if so, could you share with us examples of initiatives that Estee Lauder has in place in order to foster a positive and egalitarian work environment? Yes, you know, it was really interesting because it was sort of all I knew. You know, I started interning for them in the summer in their internship programs during university. And then, and then ended up working there full time after, which was my goal. And it was just filled with so many strong, you know, intelligent women that I thought that was sort of the norm. And it was only until after I left, I realized that that was really, you know, exceptional and was a rarity. And I think, um, you know, the big difference there was that it was, I guess that you never did question that. Like it was never about, um, you know, women trying to rise above of, or competing with men because it was kind of just like all these powerful women. Um, so it was, it was great to, to have that as my first career for the first five years, because I did sort of just think that was normal and I never questioned it. Um, and it is one of those companies where they're lucky enough to have that um, just be the case. 
does anything come to mind as far as specific initiatives that they have in place to encourage women and, and make it the amazing environment that it is? Yes. You know, I think they've done even more since I've left, but they have a very generous um, paid family leave that they've is really competitive with Google and any other major corporation to give, give women the ability, which I think is such a big topic now to have a family and to work, you know, and be quite very flexible. Um, so that really stood out and, um, but just, you know, this, this true fair opportunity in, 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 um, in rising in the corporate struck and corporate ladder there, uh, they made very accessible to women. Yeah. And I think it's important to highlight that because one would think that in 2020, every company would be like that. And it's not the case yet. So, you know, I love highlighting these yep. stories and these companies because the idea is that, you know, we get more and more of those. Exactly. Exactly. They've set a very good standard that, you know, I think others could benefit from replicating for sure. Absolutely. And Permiel, from there, you, you walk away and you start your own business. And walking away from such a powerful brand to, to start your own is risky. Did you have a plan B in case your business failed? Yes, it was, it was scary. And I think it's why it took me so long. You know, I was at Estee Lauder for Tom Ford Beauty for five years because it was such a, a cool brand. It was very hard to walk away from that. And also all the products I was given. Um, but <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have a clear plan B in mind, but I just knew something interesting could come of it. I knew that it, even if this didn't, if this wasn't a huge success, cause I knew it was going to be a lot of work and something I'd never done. I, you know, I thought something good will come out of it anyway. Uh, so I finally took that leap. I wish I'd done it even a bit earlier, but, um, but, uh, but yes, took that risk. I'm very happy I did. That's cool. Uh, what would you say is the hardest part about being the employer versus being the employee? I think work doesn't end at 5 p.m. or 6 p.m. You know, you can't just walk away from it. It's always in my thoughts um, and really a constant in my life versus previous, you know, a job where you you go and you go home and you can really put it away. Um, and I think also it's just a very different skill set to lead a group of people. And it's something I've worked hard on over the past five years and learned so much, um, so much more each year. And, you know, I think a final hard thing is to not take, not take things personally. Cause in, in so many instances, you know, business, can't be personal, but a lot of it is not. And, you know, especially with personnel and teams, you know, people come and go, people have their own priorities and agendas and things happening in their lives. And so we've been lucky to have a really wonderful team. But I remember in the early days when people did leave, you know, I would take it so personally and I was so crushed by it. And now it's just, you grow to, it becomes just more of a, a normal a thing, you know, it's okay. It's, it's actually really always a good thing. Um, and, and a positive. 
but um, to, to learn that not to take things personally is definitely a big one. Yeah. And I like how you mentioned in the beginning that it doesn't end at five because I feel so many times people aspire to being the business owner or the boss thinking, you know, it just it sure sounds so glamorous, but in most times it ends up being twice the work. It's so true. <laughs> I remember my husband out told me, I said, Pramila, you know, this isn't, you know, as you grow in this business, it's not less work. And it's, it is really true. I mean, yes, you have some freedom of um, choosing one or when you want to be more flexible, but, um, but that's definitely, I think it's definitely a misconception to younger people that it's, it's a lot more work. Less work. Exactly. Uh, Pramil, yeah. How long ago was Billion Door Boy founded? So my partner's Ed and Tom first founded the agency in London in 2014. And I joined a few months later to open the U.S. office um, and really go through a repositioning and kind of develop the company we have now. So it's been over just over five years. What is your proudest moment at Billion Dollar Boy? I think one that immediately comes to mind is uh, this summer, we became an official agency partner for Kumpari Group, which is based in Milan. And um, we started then working across their portfolio with these fabulous brands like Grand Marnier, Averna, Frangelico, Sky Vodka. And that really felt like, okay, we've, um, you know, we've really, we've gotten to a We've arrived. Yes, exactly. We made it. You know, we have these amazing brands. And it was also exciting to have these Italian brands that I've always loved um, that we can help grow in the U.S. Um, so that, that was a really exciting moment. Sure. That sounds amazing. What is your personal definition of success? I think, you know, having a successful and respected business, um, I think, you know, reputation of a business and being having integrity in a business is so important. Um, and then something that, you know, will excite me every day um, and also is able to be different every day. I think we never, everything is constantly evolving, especially in you know, social and digital marketing. So it's never boring. It's never the same. And I think that's, we're so lucky in that respect because um, we have to keep evolving. Um, but then I think probably yeah, the definition is eventually being able to enjoy the fruits of those labors and hopefully send children to Tassas. <laughs> you mentioned a little while ago that, you know, it's scary in the beginning and, and, it, and it takes a while until you build up the courage to walk away and start your own thing. In retrospect, if you could start things all over again, is there anything that you would have done differently? I think, and I also always tell younger people this, it's um, to have the courage to leave something when you know it's time to leave, to not stay stay longer than is necessary. Um, I look back and I think, oh, I, I stayed through, you know, that job a little too long or even that relationship a little too long or, um, you know, I wish I'd acted sooner. And you can, you know, you can also think on the other hand, actually, those experiences might have been necessary to get where you are. But I think, um, I think, you know, that's something I would definitely tell younger people is to have that courage. If you know it's, it's wrong, you know, to have the courage to, to leave it. And it's, it's not always easy. 
Absolutely. I, I really like that. Premiel, what insights or warnings would you offer students who are trying to make it in the digital arena? I'd say stay as current as you can. So, you know, like I said, things change so quickly in the space. So to keep to have your finger on the pulse is really important. And I think you can do that through reading as much relevant news as possible, joining new platforms, you know, following brands, seeing what people are doing and personally, you know, experiencing that. Um, but I'd also say, you know, even though it's, it's, a, it's a creative industry in a lot of ways and creative creativity is so important, I think I do not underestimate and I see the huge value of being trained um, in any sort of co corporate work environment and learning about having that work ethic And I think, um, not to sound too old, but I think younger people also can often think, you know, this is, this is not fun or I should be doing something that's fun all the time. But really, you know, you, you have to learn and get that training somewhere. I think then you're, you're such a valuable employee, whatever you do later. That's such great advice, Permiel. Uh, I feel like our time went by so quickly, uh, maybe because <laughs> yes. I am incredibly interested in everything you're sharing with us. Oh, thank you, Carla. I really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thank you for supporting us. And if any of our listeners would like to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? Yes, absolutely. Permiel Doyle at you know, Billion Dollar Boy on LinkedIn. It was a pleasure talking to you. And if the listeners have any other questions about anything else they heard on this podcast, please feel free to contact me at Carla at SwissLearning.com. Thank you. And until next time.